Well, Renee Vitale, I think I'm going to start the show today with some news that's going to bum a lot of people out. And what's that? You specifically. Um, Lovely. Last night was the last time we will see a sunset after 8 p.m. until next April. Oh, that is depressing. Um, I know that uh, that bums you out because it means that uh, uh, summer is over. Winter is coming. You know me, Mike Applesider Parsons, I'm... So excited because once Labor Day is over, get this 90-degree garbage out of here, uh, clear off uh, all the back-to-school stuff, put up the Halloween stuff, and let's let's get it going. Do you have It's Fall, y'all, up all over your house? <laughs> yes, I take it down. I, I take down my Live, Laugh, Love uh, <laughs> poster, and I put up It's Fall, y'all. I bet you do. Well, yeah. And I maybe the reason I'm so excited for fall this year is because the summer has been so miserable, and I actually have some data to back that up. Really? So um, just a few days ago, we got word that August was the ninth wettest on record. It really was rainy. And I'm surprised it was only the ninth. I, I would have thought, I mean, you had those two days of record rainfall. Um, officially, we only saw six and a half inches of rain in August, but I feel like there was more in some places, depending on where you were. Well, and I felt like it was the month of power outages. Yes. We did have a lot of those. We had 14.6 hours of outages. Uh, you know, Michigan's power outage rate is double the national average. I saw that, and it's the most of the Midwest, too. It, this is so <laughs> unacceptable. How come we can't get this together? Well, uh, I'll tell you this. It's a, it's a good time to be in the generator business here. That it is. Um, and, and, and it turned out that it, the summer was actually the ninth wettest summer overall, uh, according to the National Weather Service. And uh, meteorological uh, uh, summer... You know, technically on the calendar, summer starts June 20th, but they, they count summer as June, July, and August. And we started with the drought. So the We did. So, uh, June was, was our drought month, and then we just got we just got killed with rain uh, July and August. So, I felt like it was cooler, though. It felt like a cooler than normal summer. I, I don't felt, I don't felt, I don't feel <laughs> like my house was closed up with the air on nonstop. Yeah, it was, like, really super hot leading into Memorial Day. Right. And then, like, it just got, it it, it even out. You're My right. My wallet feels better. Yeah, I'll that's good. I'll tell you good. that. Yeah. Because I didn't have to have the air nonstop. Yeah, but uh, maybe you, you might need to save that for the winter because if it wasn't if it wasn't that hot, maybe winter will be colder. Or maybe it'll be warmer. I don't know. Well, let's go with the latter. Yeah, we'll see. Um so the good news, I guess, is that uh, the, the the Congress's attending physician, Brian P. Monahan, says that Mitch McConnell did not have a stroke when he froze up for, I think it was uh, last week, for 28 seconds in front of reporters. He said that uh, in an official letter that McConnell received brain imaging, had multiple consultants and assessments from neurologists. So he got he, he actually got a workup. I remember last week when they said mm-hmm. he will be consulting with doctors like, OK, well, they'll probably just say. Nothing's wrong and send him back out there. Yeah, they said no stroke, no seizure. Um, he has no move. He has a uh, no evidence of a movement disorder such as Parkinson's, uh, or he did not have a mini stroke. Which it's good news that he didn't have a mini stroke or doesn't have Parkinson's. But it, you know, then the concern remains: what happened? Right, right, and, and you know, Doctor Sanjay Gupta. I was watching him yesterday on CNN, mm-hmm. and he's saying. There's still something wrong. And they were analyzing his movements during that period, saying, you know, the way he was looking to the left, 
and and the way he moved to the right. Yeah, there's still you can learn a lot just from what we what we did see that day. Right, and I don't want to diagnose the senator because obviously I'm I'm not a doctor. You but just play one on TV, <laughs> right? I, I I I play one amongst my friends when I'm trying to be smug. Um, you know, I, I did notice kind of the look on his something neurological is right. going on, right? And, and they're trying to explain it away, saying, "Oh, well, he had." You know, he had a concussion. He had a fall back in uh, back in the winter. But that fall may have been a symptom of something neurological sure. going on. Yeah. But but I guess his official diagnosis is not necessarily, you know, any of our business. I feel right. like I feel like voters have enough evidence to decide whether or not uh, he's fit to run for office again if he does run. Personally, politics aside, I, I hope he doesn't. He's 81 right. and 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 it looks like he's struggling. Yes. So that's obvious. And so, I mean, eight, I mean, 81 that that's and, and, you know, we're having this discussion with with the two guys running for president because um, they will both be in their 80s at the end of their term if it comes up again. But but I mean, yeah, Mitch McConnell is is not well. And and that's obvious. Yeah. And and I would be I would actually be surprised if he ran again. Same here. Um, So tomorrow. Everybody's very excited because we're going to have a Super Bowl 2024 preview as the Lions <laughs> open up wow. the season against the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, it looks like one of the Chiefs' biggest stars uh, is probably not going to be playing. I don't know if he's officially out or not. Uh, it hasn't. Nothing's been made official, but... Uh... The star tight end, Travis Kelsey, hyperextended his knee at practice yesterday. Uh, His status is uncertain for tomorrow night's game. He has been the top tight end in the world for most of the past decade. He's the number one target for Patrick Mahomes. Last season, listen to this, Kelsey caught 110 passes for 1,338 yards, 12 touchdowns. He surpassed 1,000 passing yards of the past seven years. So obviously this news is a huge advantage for the Lions. I, I really have a hard time when I get excited over somebody being injured. Right. You know, yeah, right. <laughs> it's and, really and, hard to go, yeah, he's hurt. Right, and, and, and you know, all the headlines <laughs> say, oh, the Lions might catch a break. It's like, hey, this is like a human being, okay? Here's my sincere hope. Here's my sincere hope. And, and it turns out that he has no, like, ACL damage or anything. Right, right. My sincerest hope is that, um, he sits out and rests against the Detroit Lions. Right. And then goes on to have a great season after they're done playing us. Right. Right. But you know what? You should probably rest up, my friend. It's the beginning of the season. No need to play tomorrow. Let, Just take it easy. You know, we all fell in love with Mama Kelsey at the Super Bowl. Yes, let, we did. Let her come down onto the sidelines. Comfort like, you. Like those old Chunky Chicken Soup commercials where Reggie yes. White's mom was trying to give him Chunky Chicken Soup. <laughs> and uh, keep, him, keep, keep him in street clothes. And keep the leg elevated. And, uh-huh. and come back and, and have a a great season the rest of the time. That's right. Just take the day. Did you get a lot of people got tired of of the Kelseys last year on the Super Bowl? What? I loved it. I I thought it was cool. I mean, I, I mean, look, there's two weeks between the championship games and the Super Bowl. It's it's really cool. You don't you don't often see brothers facing against each other in the Super Bowl. Um, and they're, you know, Mama Kelsey was just so relatable. She reminded us. She did. She reminded us all of our moms. Yep. The brother, 
if you know the brothers reminded everyone of of, of their siblings, you know they it was a healthy rivalry, right? They needled each other, but yep. like they hugged and cried. It, I thought it was a good story. I I'm, feel like it was what the country needed, right? I mean, Travis Kelsey seems like he'd be kind of a meathead, but overall, overall, I you yeah. know I, I'm I'm pro Kelsey's. Yep. Um, speaking of bad luck, there is a fire at a Van Buren apartment complex. Oh. Yesterday, displaced about a dozen residents, damaged 11 apartments. Luckily, nobody was hurt. But uh, this is not even the first time in the last 60 days this apartment complex has uh, uh, had some misfortune befall it. This is where the fighter jet crashed last month after the Thunder Over Michigan Air Show. And I think it said this is the third time there was a fire there this year. Yes. What is going on over there? Well, I'm thinking to myself, you know, talk about bad luck. If if I'm living there, I don't know if I'm looking to move because, you know, third time's a charm. Or if I'd be like, okay, there's no possible way anything else is going to happen here. Um, I know that if I had friends over there and I was invited over yeah. for game night. Yeah, why don't you come to my house instead? <laughs> yeah, why, yeah, why don't we do it at my house? Yeah, why don't we go uh, meet up at the Twisted Rooster on Belleville Road right. instead? It's first thing with Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale at WJR. With Renee Vitale, and uh, looks like we've got some bad weather moving in this afternoon. Around just just in time for rush hour, Renee. So lucky, lucky us as we drive home from work. That'll make the ride home a good time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just in time. Uh, I don't know if you've been following the uh, escape inmate uh, saga out in Pennsylvania. Vain- Pennsylvania. Uh, Pennsylvania, Danilo, Danilo Cavalcante, um, he escaped from um, county prison, Chester County Prison, on Thursday. He's been uh, sentenced to life in prison for murder. Uh, he escaped Thursday night. It's uh, a, a county prison near Philadelphia, and he's been on the run. They were going to uh, transfer him to a state uh, the state penitentiary, and some some sometime in that process, he got away. And um, on Friday night, a homeowner around um, the the prison, they think that he broke into their house to to steal food. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was almost caught over the weekend, but he outran law enforcement, and uh, he's been. He's been spotted on a bunch of people's like backyard trail cams, which is absolutely terrifying. Right. Um, the search intensified. At first, they were looking at a, a two mile radius around uh, the prison. They expanded that to 10 miles because yep. they saw him at a botanical garden that mm-hmm. was like a uh, a, uh, a a big uh, tourist attraction around there. And the schools have been locked down, and and it and it seems like just a very terrifying ordeal for the people that live around this prison. They close schools. They're encouraging people to keep their doors and cars locked. I mean, the city, the town, the area has gone on lockdown because of this guy. And I mean, they're having such a hard time catching him that the police are actually driving around, uh, broadcasting over loudspeakers a pre-recorded message from his own mother telling him to wow. to surrender. So, um and you know, Pennsylvania's had kind of a rough year. Remember um uh it was when was it? It was back in July. There was that uh guy who escaped 
prison uh, in like northern rural Pennsylvania, and he was a survivalist, and he was on the run for about a uh, for about a week. Now, what what scares me is this guy's obviously stealth, right? He's gonna get out of there. Where's he gonna go next? Right. Well, and that's what they're hoping. They're they're. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, oh, you mean he's going to escape again? Well, he's going to get out of Dodge. Oh, right. You know, and then where's he going to end up? Yeah. Well, and the thing is, you know, law enforcement is like, you know, we're going to keep putting pressure on him and he's going to break and he's yeah. going to crack eventually. But it's been it's it's been almost a week. And I was kind of wondering to myself, are, are you safer living near a prison? Because if they escape, they're going to get they're going to try to get far, far away. Or are you less safe living near a prison because they're going to stay in the area? Yeah, I. that's a good question. I mean, I don't live too far from Macomb County Jail, Yeah, which is not a prison. It's a jail. So so keep an eye on your trail cams. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, my mom grew up in Jackson. Oh, did she? And they have that infamous prison there. And she's got some stories. Uh, she said that uh, one time her grandma came home and there was an escaped prisoner in her garage. And she called police and he was rearrested and then he got out again and tried to come back and strangle her. And then my uncle came what? home and scared. Yeah. Crazy stuff. So, um, I, so, you know, you, you can only imagine just, just, just how tense that area is around the uh, oh Chester County prison gosh. out in Pennsylvania. Well, they always have signs around those areas. Do not pick up hitchhikers. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Do you, whenever you cross those, do you like lock your doors? Um, well, now that nowadays the cars lock themselves. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, for those Thankfully. of us, for those of us driving, driving analog beaters. Right. Yeah. Right. But I mean, he can't, he can't be on the run for much longer. Right. I mean, if you're on foot, what's your end game? I guess maybe, I, I guess maybe you're, you're just trying to get out of prison and you'll figure it out as I guess you go. You escape the country i don't know i've watched a lot of movies where this happens but not real life right. i don't know and i mean there's so much technology there's so many ways to track people i yeah there's so many cameras all over I the don't place know. i'd be a terrible criminal yeah, I, I have no idea yeah I, I mean i mean the fact the fact that him and the, and this guy um the survivalist back in july made it a month is is is, is probably about as i'm sorry a week is probably about as as long as your uh, time you're going to get before you're captured well, again. Well, sure, especially because everyone's so vigilant right now and yeah. on the lookout for this guy. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, fear, <laughs> fear, fear leads to vigilance, and there's a lot of that going around. Right. Uh, speaking of going around, um, I, I've seen these memes. The Rock and Oprah are getting <laughs> roasted for what they're trying to do in Maui. Well, they thought they were doing a good thing when they teamed up asking people to donate to the Maui Wildlife Relief. They even kicked off uh, a fundraiser by dropping $10 million into the pot. Yeah. Well, no good deed goes unpunished. A lot of people think it's ridiculous for them to ask normal folks to donate, especially in this economy, mm -hmm. uh, when those those two who could give so much more only started with 10 million only yeah i was gonna say i i would imagine that they're not just asking people to to, to foot the charitable bill for the these wildfires like i would imagine that they probably kicked in a decent amount of their own money well oprah who's a billionaire two and a half times over got comments like these on her instagram you have billions you could donate a hundred million and still be as wealthy as before donating you give the money yeah i I understand. Ten million is 
0.5% of $2 billion. You may You want me to give 5%? Here comes $16. Right. You know, like, it's... <laughs> I understand. Well, it sounds like mission... Yeah. Well, it sounds like mission accomplished. This person sent $16. Right. Yeah. Uh, somebody else said, girlfriend, it'd take me almost 20 years to make the amount of money that you just did today. You do it. We're struggling over here. So yeah. it really backfired on them. Yeah. And look, I, I love both Oprah and The Rock. I uh-huh. really do. I do, too. You know, I do. When Oprah said in that Weight Watchers commercial uh, that she loves bread, that that really hit with me because I love bread, too. <laughs> um I mean, they started with ten million dollars, and 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 you know they they wanted to to be a force multiplier, so they they threw it out there, asking more people using their their their, their leverage power. and their influence. Yeah, I mean, if you don't want to donate, just don't donate. Well, The Rock is worth an estimated three hundred million dollars. Uh, somebody said, "Dig deep into those pockets, Rock. You got this." Maui will thank you. <laughs> So is he getting a little less crap because he's not quite worth the billions that... uh, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, the rock in the disaster movies would have uh, been able to stop the wildfires himself. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they, it's, it's not like they donated nothing, but I, I might, I might be biased because I grew up watching the rock as a kid, uh, you know, as a wrestling fan. If this this were a couple of celebrities I didn't like, maybe I'd be more rolling my eyes. But I don't know. They 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 did donate ten million dollars. Well, that's, that's not nothing, right? And and people are asking the question on the other side: Is this the proper reaction? Should we just expect the rich to throw money at every problem like it's their responsibility? Right. Because if they do that, they're not going to be rich anymore. Right. Yeah. Um. Here, closer to home. Um. I'm a big fan of Brendan Fraser as well, the actor. But I might be a bigger fan of Brendan Fraser, the uh, police officer. Was this in Warren? This was in Warren. Uh, and this is such a great story, what this guy did. I, he, They thought they were pulling a reckless driver during a crash uh, on rush, during rush hour on Tuesday. And that's not what was going on. In fact, you have audio of what was going on, correct? Five, well over 45, I'd had to estimate probably 75, 80 miles an hour. Let me get me! Let me get me! No, please, don't take him! Put him on my forearm and administered a few back, uh, back blows to him. Had some saliva and kind of regurgitate out onto my arm. Getting them calmed down is just as important as trying to get aid to the baby. He's breathing, look at him, look at him, look at him. He's breathing, okay? He's okay. They're not blue anymore. They're- just rely on your training and what you went over, over and over again. So they were speeding, obviously, because they had a baby that was having a hard time breathing. They were trying to get the baby to the hospital. Yep. And they were actually in a weird way. That, well, not even a weird way. It, in a very direct way. They were lucky they got pulled over because these police officers got to them a lot faster than if they would have made it to the hospital. And they right. were able to do these life-saving procedures. Right, right. Now, Frazier says the advice is to call 911 first mm-hmm. instead of trying to transport to the hospital to avoid a possible disaster on the way. Right, because, I, I mean, I watched, uh, I think I think it was Fox 2 that posted, mm-hmm. it was like a two-and-a-half-minute video. And it was chaotic. And when, when uh, Brendan Frazier and, and his fellow police officers pulled the car over the guy was pan the 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 father. uh the father i believe it was in the in the driver's seat he was panicking like most people would sure and uh the police officer stayed calm they asked what happened and uh and, and yeah they acted heroically yes so um 
Great job to uh, Warren Brendan Fraser. Our Brendan Fraser. Detroit's own Brendan Fraser. Yes. First thing with Mike Parsons and Renee Vitale at WJR. With Renee Vitale, joined by Nick Roddy and Guy Gordon. Lloyd is off, but he's with us in spirit. Forward down the field. <laughs> he's Good. ready. Yeah, you know what? Good for him. He'll be able to stay awake for the whole game tomorrow. Yeah, the question is is whether Travis Kelsey is limping down the field. Yeah. Well, we said earlier that our sincere hope is that Travis Kelsey rests up on Thursday uh, and then has a great season after he's done playing us. Yeah. And I uh, I will take full credit or full blame for his injury because, as you well know, Mr. Yep. Parsons, he was my first pick in my fantasy team. Oh. Well, second overall. Uh-oh. You see this? These are yes. the rules of radio. I'm about to throw them out because the number one rule of radio is don't talk about your fantasy team because people don't care. However, guy. <laughs> but how- if I can take credit. Well, here's the thing. I kind of I kind of giggled when I saw that because <laughs> Travis Kelsey was going to be my first round pick yes. and two picks before I picked guy took him. So, um so thank you guy and it serves you right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. See? You prevailed. Um so as if the people at Burning Man haven't been through enough. I I guess they're called burners. That's yep. what people are calling them. Mm-hmm. Um they're being asked by the local car washes in Reno. Um, to maybe clean off uh, the big chunks of mud and clay first before going through their car wash because it's messing up the car washes. You didn't need to bring the entire desert with you. Right. Well, that stuff is like a rock when it dries. I sure. think the proper term is chisel it off before you right. come through. Well, they're saying it's messing up the, the tracks, you know, where your your wheels go and you put yep. it in, in neutral and it pushes you through. It's messing up those... Uh, those little Christmas tree things that hit your car, you know what I'm saying? The scrubbers? Yeah, the scrubbers. And so they're saying, uh, look, this is costing us a lot of money. Maybe go find a, a, a self-car wash before you come here. But here's my question. Won't all that mud and clay, couldn't that possibly wreak havoc on, like, the plumbing of the city? If it, yeah, if the it, sewers. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because it is clay. It's that, just going to sit that in there. Will, yeah. Yeah, so uh, this uh, the the uh, disastrous effects of Burning Man. Um, they uh, maybe they may still be felt for uh, a little while here. Talk about an event backfiring. I know on <laughs> itself. Yeah, I, I it, it here's... except we're talking about it right incessantly, and so it's getting more free pub next year. And next year's event is it a deterrent, or are we are we helping them boost the gate next it's year? It's deterring me because I can't tell you an event that more than I never want to attend in my life. I know. The more yeah. I hear about it, the more and more it sounds. You know, the awful. way I want to do music festivals is to stay at a stay at a Holiday Inn, you know, a few miles away, and then come back and forth during the day. Correct. But I, you know, that is a good point, though. I think. Uh, I, I think there actually will be a lot more people at Burning Man next year because of the publicity. And and overall, um, you know, unfortunately, there was one death. But, you know, you, you, they they interview, you know, these burners and most of them were like, I had a great time. This just added to the this just added to the it. experience. So, yeah, it's legendary. Yeah. I'm going to be able to say I was at the legendary 23 Burning Man. Right. So if you like sitting in traffic for hours, do I have a, a festival for you, Burning Man? Uh, I don't know. I might I might move it to a place above sea level. 
Uh, that's not a dried out lake because that's that's one of the main reasons like, it flooded so quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, it's it's literally on a dried out lake bed where if uh, they uh, traffic or weather patterns shift, that lake could fill back up and there'd be nowhere for uh, Burning Man um, to burn. Um, so Jim, the shark dryer, we started following his progress yesterday. He is a uh, 59-year-old distance swimmer. Um, 25 years ago, he made his initial swim across Lake Michigan from uh, Wisconsin uh, to Michigan. He tried to replicate it again 25 years later, August 1st. He got about 10 miles out, which is very impressive, but he had to turn back around. And so this week he said that I'm going to swim across. I'm going to finish. I'm going to be unescorted. And, uh, Renee, I know that uh, we you've been following his process. What's the latest? Uh, well, let's see. Five hours ago, he posted, Hey, Finn Heads, I am safe on dry land in Milwaukee. I'll fill you in more tomorrow. Thank you all sincerely for your support and following along. That's all we know. So that's, I mean, if it's in Milwaukee, then he didn't make it. If, right. if he was, if he had concluded his journey, he would be telling us that from Grand Haven, right? Right, because right. he started in Wisconsin. Right. And uh, it, it looked like he was going to miss Grand Haven anyway. Yeah, he, was, he had traveled so far north guy. that he was going to he was he was going to be north of Muskegon. What well, were the what were the wind conditions? Was it it didn't look too treacherous yesterday? No, and it looked like it was going to be helping him a little bit because yeah. it looked like it was coming mostly from the west. But, yeah, but you know. yeah, but obviously it seems it seems like the currents were 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 pushing far uh, north. Um, This is what happens. I touched a monitor and Uh, I just turned on the, yeah. Let me take that away from you. All right. Uh, (laughs) I thought that was Jim Dreyer's uh, theme song or something. (laughs) Yeah, oh, you finheads. We now have a playlist. Uh, It's a little sultrier than I thought for a swim across Michigan, but uh, God bless. Uh, Yeah, I I guess maybe the currents were pushing them uh, uh, north or or whatever, but I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad that, uh, if if the conditions were bad, he did turn around because um, we were very concerned yesterday. I mean, anybody, anybody trying to swim across Lake Michigan un, unescorted without like a boat there to pull him out if, mm-hmm. if things got bad uh, seemed risky. On top of that, he was pulling a dinghy. Yep. Guy, I think you said it was 200, uh, 200, 200 pounds. pounds of gear on it. Yeah. All total. Yeah. So it, it sounded like he made the right decision, and he was smart and decided to turn back around. But uh, discretion, the better part of Alan. Yeah, right. yeah. But I mean, um, he was going for he was going for like an eighty-five mile swim when twenty-five years ago it was like a sixty-five mile swim, mm-hmm. and it's just like man, like it, it's great that he's trying to raise money for the Coast Guard, but I mean. People would be just as impressed if you did a 65-mile swim. I, I'm impressed at 10 miles. Right. <laughs> I, I, I'd be impressed if I could swim one mile, let alone that much. Oh, so. it's, it's hard. Yeah. Right. It's, it's incredibly hard. So uh, we're, we're, we're glad you're back on dry land, Shark, and uh, we will, uh, we will uh, watch for the updates as to what happened. But I'm glad you made a good decision. JR Morning coming up here with Guy Gordon. Uh, got a jam-packed show. I thought I had my rundown here, but I don't. So uh, just just tune in. You'll be as surprised as I am. With Renee Vitale, thank you for waking up dark and early with us. 
Victim Suspect is a documentary on Netflix that explores how sexual assault victims are often put on trial themselves when they report crimes committed against them, from being accused of lying all the way up to them being the ones who get arrested. Steve Dolan, retired assistant Detroit police chief. He joins Kevin and Tom and all talk to discuss the documentary and the chilling effects that turning accusers into suspects has on victims advocating for themselves. I, I, I'm reading here that some of the cases in this documentary uh, have occurred in Michigan. Uh, it's it's concerning. Do you think these are one-offs, or do you think this is something that uh, is happening at a troubling rate? I don't think it's a trend, like she said. Um, does it happen? Sure, it happens. I think more so in smaller departments and in larger departments, because larger departments have a more diverse uh, detective bureau. In Detroit, we have a sex crimes unit. Male, female, black, white, Hispanic. Uh, a lot of your small departments just have several detectives, and whoever gets the case gets the case. And unfortunately, um, as in the past, some guys kind of blew it off. Like, oh, she deserved it. No, she didn't deserve it. And you can't say that. So is it a trend? No. Does it happen? Sure, it happens. What would the possible motive be? Maybe they, uh, in a small town, maybe the people know the suspect or the suspect's family, something something like that. Is there is there any motive for not believing or, even worse, harassing someone who comes forward to file a, a report? I think you're absolutely correct about that because they know everybody. Also, um, some of the victims don't want to be referred to, as they used to back in the day, like a slut or something, and they're not where they may have been doing something wrong. Maybe they were drinking underage, something like that. But you're also trying to protect, at least in these small towns, well-known uh, businessmen or politicians or, uh, unfortunately, too many times, the sons of well-known businessmen or law enforcement. So does it happen? Yeah. Again, I don't think it's prevalent, especially in large departments. But, oh, yeah, I have no doubt that it's happened. Do you treat these cases the same as you would any other claim about another crime? So if somebody comes forward saying about, you know, my store was robbed, and you look at the evidence to, to kind of confirm that report. Somebody comes forward and says, listen, I was raped last night. How, how What's the typical process by an investigator? Well, obviously you say, have you been to the hospital at all? You want to get a rape kit done? See if there's any semen or any DNA uh, evidence that's available. The women that do this, and it's not just women, it's men too. Um, they report these things. Um, you want to make sure the stories are right. And you know what? They're traumatized. So Stories are going to vary because they've been traumatized. They're embarrassed. Um, sometimes it could happen in like an, uh, a gay relationship. They don't want to come out and they're embarrassed. They don't tell you the whole truth. So a good detective will look at every angle and say, okay, let's try to verify this. Talk to witnesses. You would treat it as a regular crime. However, you look for more evidence because there could be DNA um, as it's available um, on the individual. Hmm. Yeah, the documentary really focuses on on women, uh, women claims of abuse, because I think normally that's the way it occurs. And the claim is that women, women because they're women, are not believed. And uh, do you, do you, you say it, it's not a trend? You don't believe it is a trend. The documentary makes it sound as if it is, and as among uh, you know authorities like police departments. Um, push back a little bit on that, if you would. I mean, why do you think it's really not a trend? Well, the study started, I think, that she's talking about was back in 2016, seven years ago, before the whole Me Too movement. Uh, I think a lot of things have changed since that Larry Nasser incident that wasn't properly investigated. And, and granted, I'm not saying that's an isolated incident because we know what happens in gymnastics, swimming, soccer, all kinds of sports. 
teachers, religious organizations. We get that. Um, but I don't think it's a trend. I, I think she, I thought I uh, looked at it and like a total of maybe 400 instances throughout the country, if I'm wrong, if I'm not mistaken, 400 over seven years. So yeah, it's going to happen like maybe once a month, maybe twice a month, but I don't think it's a trend. I think law enforcement's made great strides since 2016. Some of the old time cops that, you know, kind of blew this thing off are gone. And we have a new generation of police officers going, yeah, this does happen. And we do have to enforce this. We do have to investigate this. What are some what are some safe to report policies? What are some things that law enforcement uh, should be looking at when they talk about training those who take these reports? They need to be more, more empathetic. Um, you can't just, unfortunately, we, we become cynical. There's too many times you get a police run and someone says, I've been sexually assaulted. And they're just pissed off at their boyfriend or their girlfriend or whatever. And it's not the case. So you've got to be more empathetic towards them. But you also have to stand, take a step back and go, okay, could this have happened? It sounds like it could have. Let's treat this individual with dignity, not just like there's some you know, person. Because people may call when they're intoxicated and say, I've been sexually assaulted. And too many cops are like, yeah, 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 you're, you're drunk. You wanted it, blah, blah, blah. It's not the case. No does mean no. Yes. It, it, it absolutely. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. And and listen, I mean, I, I feel a tremendous compassion for women who have been sexually abused or even an attempt to do that. And, yeah. and the difficulty of reporting that stuff. And it used to be, I wanna, this is kind of controversial, but I don't know what the legal ramifications of this are. It used to be when you were a woman in a female locker room. And a man came in, a biological man. You had every right to come and complain about it because you felt violated. Are there right. laws on the books now? Because now that suddenly is a lot of women. I've spoken to them who say they went to complain about a, a man walking into the locker room, looking at them change, and they've been pushed back saying you're a, you're you know phobic of this and that. When in fact they felt violated. Are there any laws that police, when they respond to a situation like that, can can fall back on? I don't believe there's a law for that. Um, I definitely com- complaint. Um, you you know, you file a police report, I'm trying to think, I guess it would be sexual harassment maybe, mm. because you're walking into a woman's locker room and, and changing her clothes. And believe me, it happens. And it happens in police departments too, because people are stupid. Yeah. Um, they just are. I don't think there's a, I could be wrong. I don't think there's an actual law in the books that says you can't walk into a, a locker room, whether it's male or female. But I definitely, um, you come and see me naked, changing the room. Um, I'm trying to think what it would be. It, it wouldn't be sexual abuse. It might be sexual harassment. I mean, you come in there, and, and if you took pictures and stuff, then you've got a crime. Yeah, expectation right? of privacy, you know. What right, role, right. You do have an expectation of privacy. What role do prosecutors play in this uh, whole uh, issue of uh, victims feeling like they're being attacked? Do, do prosecutors demand certain evidence, or do they want... Uh, certain questions asked before uh, being presented with uh, a request for charges? Oh, absolutely. I, in fact, I, I believe Kim Worthy has a um, sexual abuse unit separate in her, um, in the Wayne County Prosecutor's Office. Yeah. Is there credibility with the witness? Is there a long-term relationship with the witness? Unfortunately, too many times in the past, and probably still now, sexual abuse uh, comes from uh, a girl may expect it because her, her father or stepfather abused her or there's a, um, a boyfriend. She's in a relationship, prior relationship where she's witnessed her mother being sexually abused. They don't report it. When they finally do, people are going, wait a minute. So the prosecutors have to look at that, look for the validity of the statements. 
And uh, just saw on Channel 4 that we are expecting an injury update on Travis Kelsey today. So uh, maybe he's playing possum. We'll see. It's uh, first thing with Mike Parsons and Renee Vitale on WJR.